Do you want me to get more coffee? Okay, you okay. get some more coffee, that's fine. Okay, thank you. I, of course, am Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry. Noise you've heard at the beginning, that's my coffee maker, Rhonda. When I need a cup of coffee, I always say, of course, help me, Rhonda. When I need an emergency cup of coffee, I then say, Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. I'm doing this because of my love for coffee. Thank you, Rhonda, for another great cup of coffee to start the morning off. Welcome again to Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. I am Jeff. All right, let's get started with episode number 59, which means it's season two, episode 19. Yikes. Okay, number 59, staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go with Jack Ham, another great football player from Pittsburgh again to show This Is Us, which we love, Pam and I. It was uh, based in Pittsburgh, and Jack Ham is our number 59. Let's move on. Last week, someone asked me a question during the week. That was my last week's podcast, and they wanted to know if I'm still friends with or if I see the friend that claimed he was with friends with the owner of the White Sox. And uh, the last I heard uh, about him is that he's uh, good friends or close friends, hangs around with my sister. So as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I got to say about that. Let's move on to our movie review, which is a movie called Queen Pins. It's uh, with Kristen Bell, Vince Vaughn. And it's I think it's based on a true story about two women that devise a plan, rip off using coupons cashing them in and everything. Um, kind of a goofy movie. Um, very interesting in how they did it. But I'll let you listen to, she's in a, Kristen Bell is in a coffee shop and um, two guys in front of her are often ordering coffee. So I'll let you listen to it. And again, Queen Pins with Kristen Bell uh, came out a couple years ago. Very interesting movie. Brown, caramel macchiato. Orange coffee, black. Yeah. Mmm. Nice. Couldn't help but notice. Are you fellas part of some sort of gun club? Just practicing a right bare arms. One pick of coffee. I got two macchiatos for Stephanie. Oh, that's me. Stephanie. Hiya. And you are? Rattlesnake. That's catchy. Rattlesnake. Same. All right, let's get to Father's Day is this Sunday, June 19th which is the day after Paul McCartney is going to be 80 years old on Saturday, June 18th. Wow. Bob, let's see. You say it's your birthday. You're going to have a good time. Get back to where you once belonged. With that, since it's Father's Day, I brought my brother Jerry on to give us a couple of stories <laughs> about their old dad, and uh, or the dynamite, as we used to call him. So um, let him give, give a cue story. A couple of stories, as the Three Stooges would say about Popsy Wopsy. <laughs> so uh, here's my brother Jerry. So, well, Jeff, thanks for having me on again. Uh, there's nothing like great memories of a great man, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, we 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 were talking earlier, uh, and I think you and I had an earlier podcast about how we, when we moved back from California in '69, how he was gracious enough to show us the city by having to 
go down to the Little League field at St. Barb's uh, Casey Field, and you and I used to have to take the bus because he wouldn't drive us. Uh, we took the bus from 123rd and Halsted, transferred at 79th and Halsted, 1969, a, a changing area at the, at the time. And then also, we, then we took it down, down to Archer and we walked over to the baseball field and then took it back later that evening. Later, after begging people uh, to give us a ride home, and if they wouldn't give us a ride home, we'd have to get on that bus late in the evening. And we had to transfer at 79th Street. I mean, there was no even advice. Too lazy to take us, and uh, no advice to say, hey, there's another way of doing this, too. So uh, we were, what, 12 and 13? And I, just to add to that, our three brothers were in the military, older brothers, so they couldn't escort us. So it was just Jerry and I again at 12 and 13. Yeah, and I, actually, I think I don't think John and Joe were yet, but right, sixty nine. No, yeah, they were gone. Were Because I, I thought they were mm-hmm. probably okay. And then, uh, you know, as we went further, you know, we were gym rats growing up. We, we hung out at West Poland Park, and I think we failed to mention that we were going down to Bridgeport to play little league through Dad's advice, without giving us any help. We lived directly across the street from a baseball field. And a, and a great park. It's, still, it's park. still the best park in the city. Uh, and they had baseball teams, and they had baseball leagues, and it was all there. But he wanted us to go there to Bridgeport and uh, set us up to take the bus when we did. And we did, and we survived it, but we, we probably only survived it because we stuck together. And uh, there, there was no other way of doing it. That, that's what we had to do, and that's what we did. Uh, well, later on in, uh, in our, our sports career, uh, you and I were talking about this the other day. I played uh, a lot of basketball and a lot of basketball in the men's leagues. And the PRCU team, the Polish Roman Catholic Union, uh, those guys, they were in their 20s. I think I was I, I'm pretty sure I was 15. And they wanted me to come with them to Cleveland to play in the national PRCU tournament. So I went home. I told mom. Hey, these guys want me to play, blah, blah, blah. She goes, Red, I don't, we don't have the money for you to do that. I said, okay, so I'm thinking about it. So she asked their old dad if he could help <laughs> out, you know, and this was when he was still kind of fresh, you know, one of his rebounds. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, the next day he comes back, hands Mary a hundred bucks, says, give that to Red, a hundred bucks. <laughs> like, holy Cow, well, this is great. You know, 100 bucks. I mean, a bus ride round trip to Cleveland back then was probably like $25. I, I figured he cashed in all them empty uh, beer cans, them Ham's beer cans, yeah. aluminum. I don't know how much it was back then, but go on. Might be talking thousands. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he came up big. I was like, wow. You know, so so here he is, you know, this, this town drunk, and he comes up with 100 bucks to send me to Cleveland. We go to Cleveland. I think we, we finished in the final four, something like that. We didn't win it, but we, we did really good. Come back, Bumbleman. You know, come back, you're just a kid again. You're hanging out with, you know, you and I and John Van Dyke and, you know, the, the neighborhood guys. And we'd all go to the park and, you know, summer days, we'd have, uh, you know, RC and in winter we had RC and <laughs> whatever. But uh, we also would turn those bottles in. And I, we forgot the name of the tavern on 124th and Parnell. Parnell, yeah. Uh, Pat McGrath, who was a good friend, got shot later on, like in the 70s, coming out of there uh, while the neighborhood was changing. But 
we would take our bottles over there. And the owner was the bartender, a great guy. And uh, so one day, me and John went in there with our bottles, with our RCs. I think it was like a nickel or something we got for it. So we go in there, and he goes, uh, hey, Red, you got a minute? Come on over here. Go down to the end of the bar. He goes, where's your old man? I go, I, I don't know. And, and then Van Dyke seen something was wrong. He goes, well, he disappears sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and he would. He would just take off. And he was the epitome of, hey, I'm going out to get a, a, a gallon of milk, and you would, we wouldn't see him for three weeks. And you and I would have to go to Bridgeport and dig him out from underneath the body. I can bring him home. True, absolutely 100% true. And we uh, we said, you know, I don't know, he's disappeared. He says, well, you go home and you tell your mother he owes me $100. <laughs> so he got the $100 from that guy. He had never any intention of paying him back. And then he put Mary and us on the hook for the 100 So I went home and I told mom, I said, hey, they got that 100 from the guy that owns the bar over on our 24th and part now. I said, what, what, what are we going to do? She said, just don't go in there again. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only good part about that was dad ne ne never went in there again either. Yeah, he never did. <laughs> so it was one less watering hole for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true. Yeah, he just never, I don't know that we ever saw him again after that. Well, he could count, probably count how many taverns that were in the neighborhood. He thought, ah, what's one less one? Yeah, exactly. And, it was true we hadn't seen him in a while so he just did a houdini and he never said anything about it ever again so we know where he got the hunter it was great that he got the hunter for a ride and that he, he actually gave us the whole hunter you know and then uh he, in reality it was just putting us on the hook for 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 the money and well yeah and i think what's amazing is he got a hundred out of the guy and he actually gave you a hundred he didn't take a bite out of it yeah. like a fig yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah he thought you figured he had. He thought he had a, a, a taste coming out of that heart, you know. And I'll believe. And, uh, and the, the other story we, we we talked about, which was his, you know, it's it's funny now when we think back, but it's when we talked about that riding down Halstead at that time in '69. That was just pure dangerous. That was that we survived that. And people will say, oh, yeah, I survived it. No, we survived it. Right. We survived right. it. That had all the intangibles of us being killed. And we were kids or getting our butts kicked. Right. You know, kicked silly. I mean, that, that's how bad. And we didn't, we looked kind of silly still in our baseball uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. one time we, we were laughing just a minute ago. Recall that mom had us pick up an ironing board from AK. So here we are in our baseball uniforms riding on the bus with, with, with an ironing board. <laughs> And, you know, because he wouldn't buy mom an ironing board. You know, what was an ironing board back then? Five bucks? I mean, if it was even that, you know, and he wouldn't do it. So here we are. And again, talk about guardian angels. That bus driver, uh, African-American guy, we, we were going in the back of the bus like we always did. He said, he stopped and he said, uh-uh, you guys sit right up here in the front by me, right up in the front. So we sat right next, right as soon as you walked up the stairs, got on the bus, he made us sit right there. And like four or five guys got on a bus and they were slapping us in the face and, you know, and, and just, he, he knew there was trouble and he probably saved our life that night. Right. We don't know that, but I can tell you right now, without question, we were in trouble. Right. And uh, did that prevent us from going that back down? No, we still, you know, we still did. But uh, so what, what happened with when he, you were working at Amforge? Yeah, Amforge, uh, 119th and between Halstead and Ashland was uh, Axel. Uh, formation uh, factory. 
So you, they would take the steel, heat it in 3,000 degree ovens. John actually, our brother John was the guy that lit those ovens and kept them at, at that temperature. And you need that temperature to, uh, to heat up the steel and then you move it to heat it up steel into this hammer. Remember that big hammer? Boom, boom, boom. You, you hear that thing a mile away. Everybody talks about that now, even on the, the Facebook page. Uh, and 90% of those guys were deaf that worked in there. So my job was to take it when they pounded it out, to take it out and send it to the trimmer. They would trim the excess steel off after it got shaped and everything. And so that was the summer after I graduated high school. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I ended up doing that. It was great money, but you knew you were headed in. Tom Brower's mom was actually the HR, the really? head of HR there. Yeah. And I think also Frank uh, Franchek. Franchek, I think he had something to do there too, his mom or something. He did. Uh, but that, that's how I think Joe was the one that got us the, uh, the initial part of getting us in there. So, anyway, that neighborhood was also in complete change. We've talked before about how 119th Street, which this was on, was kind of like the DMZ back then. It was in complete change. They had a dividing line. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, and, and honestly, the, the, the African Americans had moved up to 119th, and it was still kind of the, the white folks were on 100, you know, south of that. And that's the way it was. It was changing. That's the way life was back then, you know. Uh, so I used to have to walk home because their old dad, we had that Galaxy 500 or whatever Obviously, it was. Well, obviously, yeah. He, and this is when he wasn't drinking. He would not drop me off and he would not pick me up. John and Joe worked the day shift. I worked the night shift. And I literally would have to walk back home down 119th because you couldn't go south until you got to Halston. It wasn't like you could just leave the factory and then, or go out to Ashland and then walk to Ashland. But we lived on between Halston and State, so I had to go east. Uh, so I would walk by this gin mill on Morgan, I think it was the street, and these guys were all hanging out there smoking and drinking, and and I'd walk by there every night. And so I told him, "Hey, I'm a little bit worried, especially on Friday night. There's." 50, 60, 70 guys out there. And it's all guys. He goes, yeah, what are you worried about? <laughs> then I'm going to get my face smashed in. Because here, I'll tell you what you got to do then. Just walk like you're really pissed off, like you're really <laughs> mad at the world, and like you want to fight somebody, like you're going to kick their you know, kick their rear. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he never came to pick me up, ever. Wow. And talk about... You know, I, I did that job through the summer. I think I actually did it in the fall. And then uh, I, I forgot what I did after. But it, it was like, wow, you you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. You, you, you know, you got wow. us in this situation, you know. Hey, uh, with that, this has got to be genetics. <laughs> Wasn't there something where somebody, I don't know, was it your older brother that you were you had the all-star game and needed a ride and some would 100 dropped you off at 119th and western yeah is that how that went when we're you know yeah the all-star game that year in high school was at st mary's of perpetual help right in bridgeport right in bridgeport mm -hmm. so you know i was picked for the all-star team and i fell asleep and missed the school bus to go there <laughs> with the 50 kids they were taking there and uh so i said to mom I said, hey, I got to get to St. Mary's on, what is it, 33rd Morgan or whatever that is over there. Uh, and I said, I got to get over. So she told uh, Jim, 
hey, take red down there. Here's a dollar for gas. And the gas was what, 50 cents a gallon or some shit like, you know, something like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says, all right, he takes the dollar and he crumples it up and jams it in his pocket. He takes 119th Street again. He goes down 119th. We get to Western. He takes the crinkled up dollar bill, throws it at me. He says, get out and take the bus. You're kidding. Yeah. Get out and take the bus. And uh, now I was already late. <laughs> and I had to take the bus down Western to 79th by Quigley South, transfer there, transfer to Archer, and then take it to Archer to Halstead. And then I ran up Halstead to 33rd, and I got there five minutes before the tip-off. And lo and behold, as you know, I won the MVP. That's right. Because you know, I was so warmed up from running. Right, exactly. And I looked like Larry, remember? What it was? With, with the, the violin with the, and the, the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm running down. But, you know, you're right. It goes back to, to genetics. He just, he just threw the $100 at me. Or the $100. The it's a dollar. And said, get out. You know, and, and again, it is, it is genetics. He, he, he cared less about yeah, that's me and what I wow. See that? <laughs> hey, well, yeah, it's it has to be genetics in there. So, but pop, popsy, 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 you're a Three Stooges fan. You'll understand what I'm saying here. So, <laughs> he had his good times and his bad times. Like with the hundred dollars, that's a good. That's a good start. That's a good thing he did. You know, I mean, we're laughing and everything, but. He did go out and get the money for you, for you, you know. So that's one, <laughs> one good one, and then you got the two bad ones. But you know, so last year I think on Father's Day I did the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we'll just do it with the good and the bad this week. So not the ugly. So we'll leave it at that. So let's call it a day. Thank you to my brother Jerry for joining Instagram, which is at Mary B's fifth son. M-A-R-Y-B-S, number five, T-H-S-O-N. Okay, any comments or suggestions, good or bad, send them to our email, which is marybs5son at gmail.com. So that would be M-A-R-Y-B-S, the number five, S-O-N, at gmail.com. To my mom, again, who always said two things will make a day go by better. Coffee and a smile. If you put those two together, you're going to have a good day. Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, Production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find our website on Buzzsprout. This was good. Do you have any questions about uh, Dear Old Dad with uh, with my brother Jerry? No. no. Not one question. All right, fine. Um... You're not even curious to think if he ever paid the hundred dollars back oh i i'm pretty sure he probably did am i right on that that he probably did did not did not yeah and again we're just very surprised i don't think we ever really thought about it till now that he actually gave the whole hundred to uh jerry 
Maybe he felt like he owed it to his son, who he he like cared about in a weird way. You know what? I think that's the funniest thing you've said in a long time. <laughs> he owed it to his son. Well, maybe he did though. Well, what Jerry didn't know is that in order to get back into that tavern, the old man sold some of his stuff, <laughs> some of his properties. So for that all-star game, he didn't have gym shoes, so, you know. Wait, did you really not have any gym shoes for that game? No, no, <laughs> no. no See, that's exactly why I don't ask questions, because you guys that's are pretty joke. snappy. Well, it's a joke about not having gym shoes, but it's not a joke about possibly the old man selling his stuff. That's a real possibility. That's a real, real possibility. <laughs> okay.